Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's August 25th, 2017, and that means there's just four months left until Christmas. Coming up on today's show, we're going to answer your questions about Christmas lights. We're going to revisit the topic of non-traditional Christmas movies. I'm going to give you a delicious Christmas recipe. We're going to figure out who sang Christmas Island best. Hey, wait, did we do that last time? Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Anyway, we're also going to get help from a bona fide celebrity with our great diehard debate. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Christmas Cave. If you've been avoiding the internet except for this podcast, then you may not know that we just had a total eclipse here in America. But don't worry, because we've got our Christmas lights burning bright to illuminate the darkness. Now... Whether or not that's a good idea or not, we'll get to that later in the show. First, though, we're going to unwrap a little something for your sweet tooth in our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, now. We need a little Christmas now. So our neighbors recently told us that they don't use their mixer, and they wanted to know if we bake. And it was a nice mixer, so yeah, we totally took that mixer. So, we wanted to try it out and make some cookies, because cookies are awesome. That's just science. You can't dispute science. And even though I'm a die-hard chocolate chip cookie fan, there's another cookie that goes hand-in-hand with Christmas, and those are snickerdoodles. So today, I'm going to give you a recipe I found for snickerdoodles. Hold on a second. Hey, imaginary listener that sounds like Kermit the Frog, what's up? What if I don't have some fancy, high-quality mixer? Oh, you actually don't need a fancy one. In fact, the video that goes along with this recipe, they just mix it by hand. So, you're just bragging about your mixer? I wouldn't consider it bragging. I would say I'm giving props to the generosity of our neighbors. The spirit of giving is what Christmas is all about, right? Mm, okay then. Glad you approve. So, we found this recipe on the Food Network show, Trisha's Southern Kitchen. For those of you who don't know, the show stars country singer Trisha Yearwood. I love snickerdoodles because they're easy and they're just kind of a classic recipe. You can't go wrong. Now... I'll, of course, put this recipe in the show notes for you at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com, but what you'll need is a half cup of salted butter, softened, a half cup of vegetable shortening, one and a half cups plus two tablespoons of sugar. That is a, that is a complicated... You take a cup, and then a half cup, and then two tablespoons. Just have the sugar out and get ready to add some. Uh, two medium eggs, two and three-fourth cups of all-purpose flour, two teaspoons cream of tartar, one teaspoon baking soda, a fourth teaspoon of fine salt, and two teaspoons of ground cinnamon. But, and this part will not be in the recipe that I put in the link, I like to add a little green food coloring and red food coloring, so have those on hand too, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, preheat the oven to 400 degrees. Then you grab yourself a big bowl. You put the butter, the shortening, one and a half cups of sugar, and the eggs. You mix those thoroughly. You could use an electronic mixer, a fancy one if you got one like me, or you could just make whoever is the youngest stir them by hand. That's what Trisha Yearwood did. This is going to get very cookie doughy, so (laughs) just keep adding and I'll just keep stirring. Got to use the arm muscles again, don't you? That's right. You're young. I'm going to make you stir once we get all this in there. <laughs> you do that till it's all mixed in and creamy, about one to two minutes if you're using a mixer. Then sift the flour, cream of tartar, baking soda, and salt, and stir into the shortening mixture. 
Then you grab another bowl and you sift together the two tablespoons of sugar with the cinnamon. Now this is where I get the food coloring involved. I grab a third bowl, I take the cookie dough and I divide it in half. I put half of it in the new bowl and I leave the rest in the first bowl and I take the red food coloring and I put a couple drops in one bowl and the green food coloring and put a couple drops in the other bowl and mix them together. So now I've got a thing of red dough and a thing of green dough. Now no one's gonna mistake these for not being Christmas cookies. Next thing you wanna do is shape the, the cookie dough into balls. Uh, the rule of thumb they give you is about a tablespoon of cookie dough per ball and then roll them in the cinnamon sugar mixture that we made. Then you want to arrange the dough balls on cookie sheets that are ungreased. Uh, you want to keep about two inches in between because the balls are going to uh, expand when they're in the oven. Then you bake two sheets at a time until the edges of the cookies are set but the centers are still soft. That'll be about eight to ten minutes according to this recipe. Oh, they also say you should rotate the sheets halfway through. Then transfer the cookies to wire racks for cooling, repeat with the remaining dough balls, and voila! You've got yourself some delicious Christmas cookies. And you can make them any time of year. Again, you can find the full recipe and video in the show notes, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Now, let's go over some ground we've already covered in today's five golden things. Our second ever episode of this podcast was exactly two years ago today. In that episode, I counted down my five favorite non-traditional Christmas movies. They were movies that take place at Christmas or have Christmas content in them, but aren't traditional Christmas movies. Well, even with two honorable mentions on that list, I left out quite a few non-traditional Christmas movies. And so, to correct this oversight, I present the top five non-traditional movies that I left out the first time, starting with... Number five. MAME. This was a suggestion that listener Linda made in a comment on our August 2015 episode. MAME is a movie musical based off a Broadway musical based off a movie that was based off a play that was adapted from a book. Got all that? Awesome. Now, on its surface, Mame doesn't seem very Christmassy. A kid is orphaned and has to go live with his eccentric aunt in the middle of Depression-era New York. But this flick has a very Christmassy part. One of the musical numbers has become a Christmas carol that is so popular, I named the previous segment after it. Batman Returns! Meow. I saw her first. Gotta fly! I'm a woman. I'm sorry, I... I... As I was saying, I'm a woman and can't be taken for granted. It's Michael Keaton's final performance as the Dark Knight in this follow-up to the juggernaut film Batman. This time, he faces off against Danny DeVito as the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Penguin tries to run for mayor and Catwoman tries to kill Christopher Walken, who is in this movie for some reason. But where's the Christmas? Well, right at the beginning, we see the birth of the Penguin character, and it's Christmas. 
Then, fast forward to the main action of the movie, also Christmas! There's even a big fight scene during a Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Spoiler alert, it does not end well for one of the characters. Number three! Lethal Weapon! See how easy that was? Boom, still alive. Now we question him. You know why we question him? Because I got him in the lake. I didn't shoot him full of holes to try to jump off a building yeah, with him. That's no fair. The building guy lived. No, whatever. The point being, no killing. No killing, right. Yeah, right. Piece of cake. Now I'm happy. Just read him his right, and I'll stand over here being happy. Uh, uh, he's got a gun! Oops. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Well, well, don't do me no favors. So Mel Gibson is crazy. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I meant his character in this movie is crazy. Uh, Danny Glover is getting too old for this. Uh, but then again, not so old that he can't make three sequels after this. Basically, it's the buddy cop movie that set the standard for all buddy cop movies that came after. And while there's a certain action movie set at Christmas that makes it on most lists of non-traditional Christmas movies, people often forget that Lethal Weapon was also set at Christmas. It was written by Shane Black, who loves to set his movies at Christmas, like Iron Man 3, Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. In fact, the first scene of Lethal Weapon is set to the tune of Jingle Bell Rock. Number two, Gremlins. Tra-la-la-la-la. Thanks, Dad. You're going to like this. What is it, a birdcage? No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. It's a puppy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. I can tell. It's a new car. (laughs) Go ahead, open it. (laughs) What is it? No. It's your new pet. Oh, isn't it cute? Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Mogwai. What? Mogwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. This was another suggestion from the comments back in 2015. Actually, two people mentioned it, Art and Steve. And honestly, it's a pretty obvious one. It's the story of a kid who gets a strange creature called a Magwai as a Christmas gift. It comes with three rules. Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight, and don't expose it to bright light. Well, they break all three of those rules, and Christmas is pretty much ruined. I think I skipped this one mostly because I have a mental block on this movie. I saw it as a kid, and it totally gave me nightmares. Yeah, I'll admit it, but there's no denying that it is a non-traditional Christmas movie. Before we get to number one, I've got a couple. Honorable mentions! In Bruges. A really dark movie with some surprisingly funny stuff. But even the funny stuff is still pretty dark. I mean, it's about Hitman, and it's dark. It's dark. Did I mention it's dark? Okay, moving on. My other honorable mention is Trading Places. This is the one where Dan Aykroyd is a rich guy who is forced to trade places with Eddie Murphy, who is a poor guy, and then... All right, I'll level with you. I've never seen this movie. Uh, I had it in my watch list for Amazon Prime, and then they yanked it. But I'm told it's good, and I want to see it, so I gave it an honorable mention spot. And I gave the number one spot to... Number one! Die Hard 2! Powell here. Yeah, take that Twinkie out of your mouth and grab a pencil, will you? <laughs> hey, John, how you doing? Holly stood me up a day, and I'm here alone in D.C. with, with my in-laws. Uh, the old in-laws, huh? Man, they do love their policemen's son-in-laws, don't they? Listen, Al, what is the uh, fax machine telephone number there at the station? Uh, 
That's a great unprompted question, imaginary listener who sounds kind of like Hermit the Frog. The general consensus I've seen is that your light shouldn't go up before the day after Thanksgiving, and they should come down by January 6th. Okay, next message. Hi. Uh, I heard you say that Christmas lights should come down by January 6th. <laughs> That's weird, because the last few years our lights have stayed up until mid-February. Like Valentine's Day, literally. Uh, what's up with that? Holy cow, that's my wife. Well, as she points out, I leave my lights up longer than most. But that's okay too. A lot of people appreciate the festive glow of the lights during the cold, bleak days of winter. But you don't want to light them up every night indefinitely. Not only will you lose your entire Christmas bonus on your electric bill, but the lights typically aren't designed for use for more than 90 days or so in a row. Let's go to our next message. Yeah, this is former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I want to put up my lights this year, but I want to be safe too. Do you have any safety tips that you could share? Certainly, Governor. The first thing you want to do is when you pull out the lights is to lay each string of lights on the ground, somewhere dry. And you want to check for frayed wires, loose connections, anything that might cause a short. Once you've inspected them, plug them in to make sure they're working properly. But then unplug them before you start hanging them up. If you got the kind of lights that all go out when one bulb goes out, you might want to invest in a Christmas light tester that can tell you which bulb or bulbs you need to replace. Buyer beware though, because I had one of those and I was never able to find where the problem was. I just ended up chucking the old lights and getting a new set of LED lights. I do recommend the LED lights. They cost a little more than the incandescent lights, but they use less energy, give off less heat, and you don't have to deal with that annoying, if one goes out, they all go out issue. Also, if you're using a ladder, you want to use a wooden or fiberglass ladder when you're hanging your lights. Also, make sure that the ladder is on firm ground. Chances are, if your ladder weebles and wobbles, it will fall down. And during Christmas time, we want snow to be falling, not you. You'll also want to check the area to make sure you're not going to smack into a power wire or a phone line or something while you're up there at the top of that ladder. Okay, who's next? Hi, it's Arnie again. How do you know what lights to use inside versus the outside? That's a good question. You don't want to use lights that were designed to be used in the house outdoors. Water can get in there and cause corrosion, short circuit, or even electric shock. Now, typically, when you buy your lights, the packaging should indicate whether they are for indoor or outdoor use. You can also check the UL sticker on your lights. A green UL sticker means the lights should only be used inside, and a red UL sticker means they should be safe for outdoor use. You'll also want to make sure you have a good extension cord for your outdoor use. You don't want one of those cheap $1 flimsy cords, especially if you're connecting more than one strand. And while I'm on the subject of extension cords, if the connections are on the ground, be sure to elevate them with a brick or a rock so that they don't end up sitting in a big puddle if it rains or snows or whatever. Also, if you have cords on the ground where people have to step over them, you're going to want to tape those down so that people don't accidentally trip on them. A lot of places actually sell Christmas-themed duct tape, so you can even be festive about it when you're taping them down. Or you can do like I do, I grab a bunch of doormats and use them to cover the cords. Okay, next message. Hi there, me again. How many times did Arnold call in? He must have a lot of Christmas questions. I just wanted to know how many strands of lights I can string together and still be safe. Sadly, there is not one answer that fits all for this question. There are a lot of factors at play here. One is the light strands themselves. You have to determine how many watts or amps they use. That information should be on the box. If you lost the box, I'm not sure what to tell you. Make friends with an electrician, I guess? If the bulbs are the incandescent kind, the watts may be written on the bulb and you can find out how many watts the string uses by adding up all the bulbs and multiplying it by the bulb wattage. But then we go back to the extension cord. You want to make sure you don't exceed the maximum amperage capacity for the cord. Usually the specs for the cord are written on the side, and I've included a link that tells you how to read the markings on the side of the cord in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. But I'm not done yet. You'll also want to be mindful of how much the circuit is designed to support. Keep in mind, your circuit might include more than one outlet. 
Hey, me again. Love your life. Just to avoid a future lawsuit, um, do you think now might be a good idea to point out that you're not an electrician? Okay. All right. Yeah. Bye. My lovely wife makes a great point. I am not an electrician. Everything I've been talking about comes from things I've read on the internet. So definitely don't take any of this advice without doing your own research. These are just some tips I've found that seemed helpful, but for all I know, I might have been reading the punked part of the internet where they lie to you. But I'm hopeful that there is some truth in here somewhere. All right, next message. Hey, did you really just blather on with a bunch of advice and follow it up with a disclaimer that basically said, don't take my advice? Okay, only time for a few more. Next. Hey, guess who? Just wondering if it's okay to leave my lights on 24 hours a day. Well, in this case, I'm da potty pooper. Because <laughs> in kindergarten, copies... No? Okay. Anyway, it's not a good idea to leave them on continuously. They just aren't designed for that kind of use. They also recommend you turn them off before you go to bed and any time you leave the house. At my house, I keep the outdoor lights on a timer, so they're definitely off before I go to bed. But I admit, I am guilty of having them on before I get home. Okay, I think we have time for one more. Listen to me! Listen to me! You've got to help me here! I got my lights out of the boxes I stored them in, and they're all tangled! How do I avoid this in the future? Oof, that is a rough one. Tangled lights are no fun. That's why you really shouldn't rush when you put them away for the season. A lot of people just wrap them around their palm and under their elbow and over and over again, and that method could lead to tangles. I used to work at a radio station a while back. Not bragging, but I had upwards of two minutes of air time during the day. Bala! Anyway, the station engineer showed me a trick for packing up the cords at the end of a live broadcast. You loop the cord around once, then bring your hand around upside down, grab the next length of cord, twist your hand back to normal as you bring the cord up, and then repeat until the cord is rolled up. What? That makes no sense. We have no idea what you're describing. You're right. I'll post a video on the Can't Wait for Christmas Instagram account at Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. Basically, not only is this technique easier on the cords, so there's less chance of actually hurting the wires inside, it also makes them easier to unravel when you need them next. I first started using this technique on extension cords, but I found it also works for Christmas lights as well. Alternatively, they sell those spool things at hardware stores where you can basically just roll up your lights onto a big spool. And if you wait a while to take down your lights, those spools usually go on sale so you can get them for cheap. Booyah! Well, I think that's enough Christmas light tips for today. But if you have anything to add, feel I've left something important out, or if something I said needs to be corrected, please let me know either at the website, on Facebook, or you can email me at christmas at tancast.com. And now it's time to check in on how you voted in our sing-off feature, Who Sang It Best? Last time you had to choose between three versions of Christmas Island. Your choices were Bob Archer and the Dinning Sisters, Jimmy Buffett, or the Andrews Sisters. And it was a landslide. The Andrews Sisters crushed it with over 80% of the vote. But wait, we're not done with this contest yet. Tim B., who I assure you is not me, left a comment on the last episode. And he says, Okay, now that you have a poll for Christmas Island, you forgot the best version of the song, Leon Redbone. This song makes me feel the breeze and hear the palm tree swaying with the wonderful guitar. Take a listen, and I am sure you will agree it is the definitive version. Well, I did give it a listen, and it's pretty darn good. And us Tim B's have to stick together, right? So, in a who sang it best first, the Andrew sisters are going to have to defend their win. It's up to you to decide. But before you do, give a listen to both versions. First, the defending champion, the Andrew sisters. How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? How'd you like to spend a holiday away across the sea? And now, the challenger, Leon Redbone! How'd you like to spend Christmas 
on Christmas Island How'd you like to hang your stocking on a great big coconut tree? Make your voice heard at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com and we'll announce the winner on next month's show. Remember, you can vote once a day, every day, so set sail for Christmas Island and vote! Speaking of your opinions, it's time we heard some more of those as we answer our year-long question, Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It's Christmas Eve in L.A. Welcome to the party, pal! It's Die Hard a Christmas movie! We're going to answer this question once and for all this year, so we need you to weigh in and sway the voters. Are you Team yippee ki yay or Team yippee ki nay Maybe these opinions will sway you. First, Luke writes in with, Hi Tim, long-time listener, first-time caller. I've tried to really be open-minded about this whole Is Die Hard a Christmas movie thing, but the time has come for me to speak up. I've heard compelling arguments from both yippee ki yay and yippee ki yay camps. Your listeners are clearly intelligent, articulate, and passionate about their opinion on this particular topic. I would expect nothing less from fellow year-round Christmas lovers. Here's my problem. We live in a day and age when every topic, no matter how simple, seems to morph into a polarizing, divisive issue. There's only yippee ki or yippee ki It's too binary. And the spirit of Christmas, I trust we can all agree, is not a spirit of division. Christmas is about reconciliation, about peace. It's about joy. It's in that spirit that I propose a third option in this very important, nearly 30-year-old debate. One that I believe has the potential to bring peace to the weary, restless souls of those who struggle month after month to identify whether they are yippee ki or yippee ki I offer you this. Yippee-ki-nda! Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yippee-ki-nda! I mean, is it about Christmas? No, not specifically. Does it have a Linus moment? No, not exactly. But is Christmas present in the film? Yes, absolutely. Does it scratch the itch for those who need a little Christmas in the middle of summer? Clearly it does. I respect your goal of resolving the debate once and for all. That's a service to mankind that I truly wish were possible. But the question is flawed so long as there are only two possible answers. So allow me to be the first to vote for yippee Kinda. Merry Christmas, and God bless us everyone. Best, Luke. Luke! I like what you're trying to do. I love people who are willing to compromise, and Christmas is all about people coming together. But this question needs an answer. There is no sitting the fence on this one. You gotta pick a side. We're at war. Someone who's clearly picked a side is Brian. He's weighed in on this a few times, but most recently he said, I'm becoming quite the authority on what constitutes a Christmas movie thanks to this podcast. Here's my weekly weigh-in regarding Die Hard and a few other holiday films, he put those in quotes, I have issues with. This is copy and pasted from recent Facebook conversations. Imagine a giant video store. Not a little mom-and-stop hipster video store, but one of those big ones from your childhood. A blockbuster, a Hollywood video, maybe a video update. The store has its well-defined sections, new releases along the outer walls, remember? And a special part of the new releases area is for staff picks. Then, all the other tapes, they're in these categories. Action, drama, foreign, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, family, and holiday. At Christmas time, you may find a large assortment of odd selections in the staff picks area like Gremlins, Die Hard, Silent Night, Deadly Night, all with their little Perfect for the Holidays tag. But come January 1st, when Christmas is over, what section of the store are they going to return those tapes to? Are they going on the shelf next to Frosty, Rudolph, and Santa? Or are they going back to sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and action where they belong? Seems like a pretty solid argument, right? But not so fast. Rachel has something to say, too. You've made some good points, Brian, and yet it's still a fun game for me to tag a movie in the Christmas category for the sake of, say, a Christmas tree or a holiday song, much like the driving test in Police Academy where Hooks is singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's fun. I like doing it. So does my not-super-in-love-with-Christmas husband. So please, keep making your compelling arguments, but Mr. Rachel and I will keep gritting at each other and yelling, Christmas movie, when we spot some subtle holiday joy. 
Also, the movie store example is not infallible. Once upon a time, I attempted to rent Edward Scissorhands from a big box rental store. After looking in romance, then fantasy, I was directed to the horror section. Horror? Really? I could see how someone might think Edward is a horror movie, but not quite the same flavor as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, thank you, Rachel. Point and counterpoint. But this last one might be the most compelling of all, because there is a famous movie director involved. This was sent to us on Twitter from Kevin, who says, Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? On the December 18th, 2015 episode of The Nerdist, QT said it is. Discussion over. In case you weren't aware, QT refers to the popular film director, Quentin Tarantino. So I went to that episode, and sure enough, a little over an hour in, you've got this. This is, uh, this is actually a great question. I enjoyed this question. This is from at B uh, underscore crow. Uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, yes, it is. Absolutely. Agreed. No, actually, no, but we've actually, it's, it's our second year in a row at the New Beverly. Uh, a lot of the different revival houses around here. Oh, locally, I went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Uh, uh, latch onto a movie to show, like, we can't show Beside an Adventure uh, at New Year's Eve because uh, the uh, American Cinematheque mm-hmm. always makes it a point. But now we own Die Hard for Christmas Eve. <gasps> So now the yippie kai nay side has to argue with Quentin Tarantino. That seems tricky. Maybe we can find some more celebrity opinions before we take this vote at the end of the year. Bonus points if you can get Bruce Willis to weigh in. Whatever your opinions are, send them to the website, to the email, Facebook, Twitter, any way you can. Because we need your voice in this discussion. If we're going to answer this question once and for all. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire... And now to the point of the show where Taylor, the one who left the iTunes review, turns off the show. Yep, it's time to say goodbye. But I want to thank you for listening and remind you to go to can'twaitforchristmaspod.com and vote for your favorite version of Christmas Island. Uh, also, be sure to send in uh, your opinions about Die Hard. And mostly, just to have a great end to summer. And we will see you in September. And in the meantime, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2017. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at ChristmasPod. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at Tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. It's August 25th, 2017, and that means there's just four months left until Christmas. Coming up on the... So our neighbors recently told us that they have a mixer that they don't use, and I don't need my headphones anymore. Hang them off! 
Now I'm freewheeling. Yeah. See that? You can't tell. That's my head moving around because I ain't got no headphones. Zip, zap, zip. Now this is where I get the food coloring involved. I grab a third bowl. I mix... I... Now this is where I get the third... Where... <laughs> Mame is a movie. Mame is a museum. There's nothing hard to pronounce. How did it? A kid is orphaned and has to go live with it. A kid is orphaned and has to go live with his eccentric aunt in the middle of a depression era in New York. And I didn't write that sentence well. And that's why I keep stumbling over it. And I'm never going to say this. And ah, it felt so much show left to record. These are just some tips that I found helpful, but for all I know, they might have been. <laughs> these are just some tips that I. F- these are just some tips I found that seemed helpful, but for all I know, this might have been the. These are just some tips I found that seemed helpful, but for all I know, I've been. These are just some tips I found that seemed helpful, but for all I know, these might have been. <sighs> these are just some tips I found that seemed helpful, but for helpful, helpful. I'm never gonna get through the sentence. I'm never gonna get through the sentence. Hey! And it was a landslide. The Andrews... A landslide? Landslide. Did I say landslide? I think I said landslide. Before you... But before you do, give a listen to... Remember, you can vote once a day, every day, so set fail for... (laughs) Set fail? Yeah, I set the fail when I tried to read and failed. (laughs) There you go. Nailed it. We nailed it. Who nailed it? We nailed it. Ba-da-ba-boo.